Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the It Is What It Is podcast powered by the Riot Report. My name is Josh Klein. I am managing editor of said Riot Report. Today, it is Coordinator Friday, the day before the Panthers make cuts down to 53. In fact, they will probably make some cuts today. Um, we got a chance to talk to every single one of the Panthers coordinators. There are only three of them. Chase Blackburn, Joe Brady, and Phil Snow, in addition to Matt Rule. Matt Rule filling us in on what's going on with his eye, um, some of the other camp battles that are going on, Christian McCaffrey's workload, uh, and then each of the coordinators will kind of run down their position group, where they see the most improvement, who they've been impressed by in camp, how they plan to operate those units, and much, much more. So I'd encourage you to listen to all three. We will go Matt Rule, Joe Brady. Uh, You know what? I'm not going to tell you which ones are in order. You're going to have to skip around. I'm sure you're just skipping through this 15 seconds at a time anyway until you hear Jurassic 5 beat or Matt Rule talking. But either way, I'm not going to tell you who's up first, who's up second, who's up third, who's up fourth. But one of those coaches, one of those coordinators is coming up here just in a minute. Make sure you hit pause right now before those coaches start talking. Give us a five-star review because you love the Carolina Panthers and you want to hear more from them. And the only way that's going to happen is if we get five-star review, five-star, five-star, five-star. I'm going to keep on saying it, and you're going to keep on giving them, and I'm going to love you forever. And here is, I'll just tell you, it's Joe Brady. Samuel and your first impression of him because looking back when you were a GA at Penn State, Curtis, I think you guys upset Ohio State by a field goal and Curtis had 150 yards, a touchdown in that game or whatever. So what was your first impression of him you remember? Uh, You're talking dating back to the Penn State, Ohio State days? Yeah. Uh, I know our defensive coaches, you know, I was fortunate to be on the offensive side of the ball, so I didn't have to deal with him uh, too much. But I know our defensive coaches, uh, you know, they, they stayed up some long nights trying to find ways to stop him. Clearly didn't, uh, clearly, you know, slowed him down a little bit. Uh, but uh, he's a dynamic football player, so uh, I'm glad I didn't have to game plan for him then. I'm glad teams have to game plan for him now when he's on my side. Joe, uh, this is Miles Simmons from Panthers.com. Uh, how do you feel like you've been able to really learn guys' strengths, and do, do you feel like you have a good handle on that now going into the regular season after training camp? Yeah, you know, I think I think uh, every play in practice, whether it's a call-it period, whether it's scripted, you know, it's intentional, and you're, you're just trying to learn the strengths of each of your players. And so I think that's really the only way that you can go about it you know, you're watching, you're seeing things, you're watching it indie, their movements, and then you're just putting them in, in different positions. And, uh, you know, I still think, you know, I think you're going to be doing that all throughout the season, um, you know, because in a training camp, there's only so much you can do, but everything's been intentional. And I think there's a, a point to that. Joe, this is Brett Jensen with WBT Radio. I'm curious, without giving too much away, obviously, but, you know, last year at LSU was the greatest collegiate offense any of us had ever seen. How much of that are you able to try to bring to the NFL level? Well, again, without giving all your secrets away, are you able to use a lot of what you did last year in the NFL? Yeah, look, without giving a lot away, I think, 
you know, I, I'd be foolish to not bring a lot of what I did at LSU, you know, to the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, the fortunate thing that we have on our offensive staff is that we have a lot of guys that have been in similar type systems. You know, you got Coach Nixon with the offensive coordinator in Baylor this past year. You know, Jake has been in Alabama. So the, the spread elements, the tempo, the, you know, that elements of our game and that we did at LSU and then a lot of the core concepts. But concepts are what we've kind of done. You know, that's football, X's, those across. It's more of the philosophy and the, the tempo that you're doing things. And so without giving away a lot of kind of who we are and what we do, you know, I think I'd be foolish not to take some of that element uh, to this level. Hey, Joe, uh, Jonathan Alexander, Shot Observer. Uh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you uh, too. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you all had a little bit of an injury scare with Ian Thomas, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what do you think about what you all have behind him, pass catching wise? Yeah, you know, I think we have the, we kind of have the mentality that, you know, when, when guys are injured, you know, we can't blink and the next man has to step up. And so um, I think uh, the tight ends behind him, you know, whether it's whether it's uh, Tamara Hemingway, whether it's Colin Thompson, whether it's Gio Ritchie, you know, I think they all have different strengths and they all bring something different to the game. And so, you know, I think whenever there's a guy that's injured, it's not necessarily what did that person do that's injured and this person has come and do that exact same role. It's more, right, let's find out what Tameric, Geo, and, and Colin can do and, and what Manhurts can do and, and then figure it out from there. You know? But, uh, you know, obviously you like when everybody is healthy at the, at the, uh, and you have all hands on deck. But uh, I'm excited about that tight end group. Hey, Joe, uh, Steve Reed from the Associated Press. Um, you know, Teddy has talked to us, um, you know, several times about the, the injury he overcame several years ago and, and finally getting a chance to be a starter in this league again. Uh, you've been around him. I know you've had conversations with him. How much do you think that impacted him as not only as a football player, but his life? And, um, you know, how has it, you know, maybe changed him, do you feel like, in, just in conversations with him? Yeah, you know, uh, it's – I've known about Teddy Bridgewater just being, being in South, from South Florida. You know, I'm obviously from Broward County. He's from Miami-Dade County. So I've known always about Teddy, you know, and how he is as a football player. And then getting that opportunity to be with him in New Orleans – kind of see how much he's overcome, you know, from that injury, um, you know, but I, I think, you know, who Teddy is now, I think is a product of everything that's happened to him, you know, growing up and then the, the injury. And I think I texted him the other day because I thought it was awesome, you know, see, you know, he said thank you to, you know, the date that he got injured and it made him the guy that he is now. And, you know, you think four years later, you know, he's a franchise quarterback and he's having that opportunity to, to lead a football team again and to, to be able to do what he does best and uh, be able to play football again. And so I think he, he thinks about that stuff daily. He understands what his purpose is. And when you see him out on the football field, you know how much football means to him because, you know, it was taken away from him. And so, uh, you know, I think the work ethic that he has, the process that he goes about getting ready, um, I think some of those things that he might not necessarily had to do prior to the injury and he learned post-injury, you know, I think is the reason that, you know, he's a successful football player today. Hey, Joe, David Newton with ESPN.com. Something I never asked a coach before, but how good are you at Madden and how big has Madden been an influence in your life? Huh. Uh, it depends if you ask uh, the 12-year-old uh, the Joe Brady. Um, I like to think I was good growing up, um, but uh, I, I, I probably I couldn't tell you if I'm any, any good at it anymore. I don't even think I'd, be, I'd enjoy it right now because I probably am playing it as a coach and I'm thinking that a guy should be uh, running a route or a cover, attacking a coverage a certain way. So uh, I wish I could say I was good at Madden, but uh, you know, those days are long gone. Hey, Joe, it's Joe Person. Good to see you. Uh, kind of a related question. A lot of 
players and coaches we've talked, including Phil Snow just a few minutes ago, talk about how you were like all football. And uh, I, I wonder, is that selling short your kind of like hobbies, et cetera? And if it is, are you, is, is, has COVID changed much for your day-to-day kind of existence? Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think I'm all ball, but I look. I have a I have a girlfriend, Lauren, that I love very much. I have a dog named Rouge, and so you know, I, I do I do have hobbies. It's the the issue becomes, you know, when you you get consumed with work and you have a job to do, and you know, I'm I lay in bed sometimes, and if I'm not watching the office, I'm thinking about you know something that we have to get going the next day. So um, I do have hobbies, uh, but like yourself, I'm a weird merry guy. We don't we don't have a lot of. Uh, a lot of things that we're great at. So we try to focus on one thing and, and kind of go from there. Hey, Joe, uh, Jason Huber with WFNZ. Uh, Matt Rule has talked a lot about Mike Davis's offseason and how he's really impressed him at camp. With what have you seen from him and just kind of that, that competition behind Christian McCaffrey so far? Uh, I've, I've, I've loved what I've seen from Mike Davis. This, uh, you know, the, the thing about Mike is he came in, he came in focused, he came in, uh, in shape and, and ready to go. And, um, and I think he's, he's taken off and I have no, I have no issues with the, giving him the ball and putting it in his hands and him, you know, doing what he does. Look, he started football games in this NFL. He's not a young football player. And so, you know, I know, I feel confident that if, if we call a play and it's going to Mike Davis, that he's going to get the job done. Hey Joe, it's Elena Getzenberg. Good to see you. Um, I have two questions for you. One first, are you planning to be in the booth for games? Have you guys figured that out yet? It's a great question. Um, I've been on the field, I, you know, like prior to this offseason, I've never been on the field before, but, you know, calling it in practice and calling it, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I guess that's something uh, we're still, we're still kind of working through. I got to kind of decide on, well, let's see, I might go in the box at some point one of these next few days just to see, but uh, I've enjoyed it from the field. Um, and then I was curious for you, I know there's like a lot of people talking about you and, you know, throwing your name around with, you know, calling plays and all that, do you kind of, how do you block out, like, all the people talking about you? Like, do you, like, feel the pressure, or how are you kind of feeling with the game coming up? Uh, it's, it's, it's the most important game because it's the next one. I'm, I've kind of always been uh, kind of, I don't know if train's the right word, but I've never, I never got caught up into reading anything or, you know, because it's easy to, you know, when things are going well, do you read about you? And when things are going bad, do you not read it? So I've kind of sat, and sat there and I've always had the mindset that, hey, you know, what's being said and what the things that are happening don't define who you are. So just wake up every day and with a purpose and, and, and embrace the process and everything will take care of itself. Joe, this is Brad again with WBT. I'm curious, I'm sure you were asked this a lot at LSU, but, you know, when you were coming up and learning the offense and everything, who were the ones that you were looking, who is the person that you were looking to the most for guidance? Who is your guru? Because so many of you young guys, whether it's Sean McVay or whatever, have all these new innovative ideas. Who were the guys that you were looking at? Well, like I've, I've been fortunate, you know, and from the places that I've been and that I've uh, – the guys that I've coached for. My college head coach, Jimmy Laycock, is a successful, was a successful offensive, you know, minded head coach for, for many years. I, I was at Penn State with James Franklin and, and Joe Moorhead and, and Ricky Ronnie, who's a head coach now. I mean, that's the staff that I was on in 2000 and – was it 16? I mean, it's incredible staff that we had at Penn State. So – picking their brains and going with, and then I go to New Orleans and, uh, you know, get being around guys like, like coach Payton and Pete Carmichael, Joe Lombardi. I mean, I'm, I've been fortunate everywhere I've been to have guys that I'm learning from firsthand, as opposed to having to study tape and, and, and learn from that. Now, 
you know, I think as all of us coaches, we're all sitting there and finding ways to get better every offseason. And so we're studying what, what other people are doing and, and, uh, and, and trying to improve from that standpoint. But I've just been truly fortunate from the places that I've been uh, that I've been able to learn firsthand and ask questions to the guys every single day. And um, that's kind of got me to the point that I am right now. Coach Mike Salarte with Spectre News 1. Uh, going back uh, to Brett's question before about bringing your philosophies to the next level, are you finding so far through this camp that trying to implement some of the things that you want to do has been maybe easier because you're dealing with pros whose only job is football as opposed to college kids who are juggling a little bit of class with football and, and all the things that go along with the college life. Is that, is that transition been a little bit easier? Are the, the concepts being grasped easier? Yeah. I, I mean, I think obviously when it's, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are getting paid. Uh, this is their job. And so I do think that transition is easy, but it, you know, I'm big on the system is, you know, the system is the system and it, it takes care of itself. And the guys can believe in, in my philosophy, they can believe in the system or whether they do or whether they don't to me, in order for us to have success, the guys have to believe in one another. And so that's what's been most important to me, seeing how much these guys have bonded you know, in training camp, seeing their, their interactions and seeing their chemistry out on the football field. So the way that I'm incorporating, you know, schemes or a philosophy, um, to me, that's secondhand to seeing how the guys are working with each other after and together and then believing in one, one another. Because then if I'm calling plays and they believe in each other, it really doesn't matter what I'm calling. Um, and so to me, that's been the biggest thing. Joe, uh, Miles Simmons again. Uh, with your wide receiver group, I mean, I think that you think of them as having, you know, the top three guys, Anderson, Moore, Samuel. Where do you feel like each of those guys kind of fits in within the scheme? And how do you feel like you can maybe move them around a little bit to kind of maybe keep the defenses off balance? Without giving, obviously, too much, too many details, uh, they all fit, you know, they all fit into our scheme and exactly, and, and exactly what we're looking for. You know, I, I, there's not many coaches that are fortunate to have, you know, we don't only have just three, but at least three wide receivers that any given play we feel confident in getting the ball to. Um, and so they all are completely, they're not completely different, but they all bring different strengths uh, to our offense. And, you know, it's my job to, and our coaches have to put them in positions to have that success. But um, I'm extremely excited to, to, you know, to be able to have three guys on the field as, as wide receivers and feel confident that if the ball goes to them, they're going to be able to, to make plays. On that note, Joe, following up on that, um, you, you note how a lot of them are similar. And I think Robbie even said with some teams it's difficult or it's pretty easy to figure out where a deep threat might be coming from. You got three guys who can potentially be home run hitters. How would you differentiate, though, the skill sets you have between DJ, Robbie, and Curtis? Um, again, try not to, to – I mean, I think it's – when you look at their body types, obviously I think they're – they're different body types, um, you know, but the, the, the thing that they all bring is they all have, obviously they bring speed, you know, and that, I mean, you, you turn on the tape and you can feel all of them with speed, but um, I think they're, the difference in some of them is uh, their body control. Some of them, some of them have better body control. Some of them are tougher after the catch. Some are better going up for the football and, and uh, you know, but they're all dynamic and with what they're great at, they're dynamic at. And so, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure you can probably be able to, just figure out who exactly I'm talking about. But uh, I, I think uh, it's, it's, it's exciting as a coach to be able to, because in a lot of offenses that people are in, you're finding ways to get one person to football and uh, you're trying to move one guy around to get that person to football. And when we're fortunate to be able to line up in the same formation, five straight plays and be able to call, you know, five different plays to get, you know, three receivers the ball and not have to move them around. It makes our lives a lot easier. 
Bill, what's something you've learned about McCaffrey you didn't know previously? And what's your kind of philosophy with him as far as use and touches, et cetera? I learned he's a, he's, he's, he's better than I thought he was. Um, no, uh, he, uh, the thing I love about Christian McCaffrey and I learned that, uh, he's, he's the, the guy that how you do anything is how you do everything. Everything matters to him. Um, it's easy to see great players. Christian McCaffrey's a great player, you know, what he did on the football field and what he's done his whole career, you know, but he's, he's not satisfied with that. He wants to get better. So every route that he runs, he's coming back and saying, Hey, should I have, should I have done that every carry? Did I miss that? Should I have read that a different way? He's always looking for ways to get better. And as a coach, when you have your great play, when you have a great player that's believing in a process and finding ways to get better, um, you know, to me, that's, that's, that, that's, that's what I enjoy. You know, I know I got a guy that's not sitting there content with, Oh, Hey, I had a thousand yards and a thousand yards. I'm, I'm good with how I'm doing it. Um, and I'm sorry, what was the second part of your question, Joe? Just how you kind of weigh, of course, you want to win every game and, and use him, and then but versus overuse and kind of keeping him fresh for later in the season and later in his career. Yeah, look, I think uh, I think the most important thing is every week, you know, uh, special teams, defense, offense coming together and finding out how do we win this football game, you know. And I think it's as and not independent contractors, you know, it's 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 important for everybody to come together and so we all know the plan to win. And with that. Well, the, you know, determine how many carries Christian should have, how many touches he needs to have, how many plays he needs to have. And so I'd be lying to you if I said I, I can go into it with a with an exact amount. Um, I don't think the amount he had last year was uh, a ridiculous amount of touches. I don't. I think he was kind of on course with, you know, a player to his caliber, you know, touches. Now it's, it, it might more more so be, you know, when he's getting those touches and how he's getting those touches. You know, but at the end of the day, we want to win football games, and that's the most important thing to him and to us. And then I know when the ball's in his hand, you know, it gives us a great opportunity to win. So we'll uh, we'll cross that path, you know, uh, game by game. All right, we'll take one more question for Coach Brady. Last question for Coach Brady. Joe, David Newton again. I wanted to ask you, how much did starting your career off um, after you were such a great wide receiver at William & Mary, but starting off as an assistant uh, on a defensive side, what did you learn? working with the defense has helped you become the genius everybody says on offense. Far from that. Um, well, to, I mean, I, I should just start telling people I was a defensive coach because I actually had more tackles in my career than I did, um, excuse me, a defensive player because I had more tackles than I did uh, receptions. It might make that transition look a little better. Um, it opened my eyes to so much um, from a defensive perspective about, um, you know, obviously from a linebacker standpoint, gaps in run game and protections and, and identifying that. So then I was able to flip it around as an offensive coach and say, Hey, this is what gave me issues when I was a coach. This is what I learned that, you know, uh, uh, these are the coverages that put, uh, these are the formations that put this coverage, uh, you know, kind of, uh, kind of keep us antsy in that situation. So I learned so much from that standpoint of you think, you know, offense just because you're a part of it in an offense and you're just, that's which all I knew is the wide receiver position. And so when you go to the defensive side, you learn so much about what offenses are doing, how they're attacking you and their coverages. And from a linebacker perspective, you learn everything about the run game and the pass game. And so I would not be the coach I am today if I didn't coach on the defensive side of the ball. Hey, Coach, I'm sorry. We have one last question from Elena. This is the last one. Sorry. You got it, brother. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was just curious, Joe, for you, if you remember or if there's something for you that made you fall in love with football, if there's something, you know, when you were a kid or something specifically that you remember, like, first falling in love with the game. 
uh, I mean, nothing like initially comes to my mind, but my father, I mean, my father and I, you know, when someone say, Hey, are you all ball? I don't know if my father and I talk about anything besides football. Like, you know, he, he'll stay, if, if I'm coming home at, if there's a late nights and I'm coming home at 2 a.m., he'll wake up to be talk about the day. And so to me, my love for football started with my father and just, you know, he coached me a lot growing up and, you know, he was hard on me, but, you know, we grew up, you know, I had season tickets going to, you know, going to obviously Miami Dolphin games growing up and, and all that. We would go to the practices. That's why having Fan Fest and not being able to see the fans and see the kids out there, like that was actually hard on me because I remember how much I appreciated that. So um, my love for football started with my father. You know, hands down. Chase, it's Joe Person. Good to see you. Good to see you, Joe. Um, wonder if you could kind of assess the uh, the punting competition between Vedvik and Charlton. At, uh, do you view it as a competition? Definitely a competition. They've come to work every day, competed, punted. Um, you know, both had their ups and downs, but every day they you know they get better, they improve. Two guys that are really competitive and focus on the details and want to perfect their craft, which is as a coach is all you can ever ask. And so um, for me, I, this thing will play out the way it plays out. And that'll be, you know, head coach and, and uh, Marty will we'll all get together and at some point and go through it. But they're competing. They'll compete again tomorrow. Am I right to assume that if, if Ed Vick were to make the team, it would be as a punter versus a kicker and, and you know, that Joey's your, your kicker? Uh, Corey's done everything. Everything we've asked, he's punting and kicking. Um, you know, he's doing everything we ask, and uh, right now he's doing a pretty darn good job of both. So we'll continue to evaluate as, you know, as we, as we end this, wrap this whole thing up. Chase, uh, this is Miles Simmons from Panthers.com. How unique is it to have a guy like Vebic who can do both of those things and apparently do them at a pretty good level? Yeah, it's, it's definitely unique. You know, one of the things that's been crazy, honestly, in my coaching career is, you know, had Graham Gano who punted and, you know, was a great guy award winner and, um, and could you know, obviously kicked and was able to do both, punted in, in a game when Andy Lee got hurt uh, and did it quite well. Joey um, and then Matt, or um, sorry, Mike Pilardi, um, same thing. He was able to kick off, kick field goals. He's, he's a combo guy that could do all three. And, um, you know, it's always good, especially in a training camp where, you know, our, our numbers, we want to get um, a number of returners, chances to, to catch the ball return live kicks off the foot, not just off the jugs. And to have Corey doing the same thing and, and doing it at a high level is pretty unique and, and really cool to see. Chase, Steve Reed from the AP. What about your return, uh, uh, punt returner, kick returner? Who's uh, leading the way there right now, I think? I mean, obviously all options are still on the table. You know, we'll see how this thing all shakes out. We've got a lot of guys doing an outstanding job. Farrell's done unbelievable back there. He's a pro, comes to work every day. He's a joy to be around. Like, he, he just loves football and loves to compete. So, he's done an excellent job. And, and Christian, DJ, Curtis, all those guys take reps every day. And, um, you know, with Coach Rule, you know, all options are on the table. So, this thing all shakes out. You know, they'll have the ultimate say. And, and we'll put our best people on the field and, and uh, ready to go on, on next week. Thanks, Mike Silverte with Spectrum News One. Uh, when it comes to coverage, uh, obviously it was an all-defensive draft, rookie class. How are the how are the rookies finding their way? Because a lot of times the rookies have to earn their stripes on special teams before they 
crack the lineup on the on the defensive side. How are these guys contributing? And has one guy in the rookie class really kind of jumped out and said, "Hey, this is something I I like to do and, and can do." Yeah, I think uh, as as a whole, the whole class, um, not just the drafted players, but the undrafted guys as well, um, have just really shown up and competed. And they all every day are, are you know scratching and clawing, trying to steal reps from one another, which is which is awesome because. They're, they don't want to ever get outworked. Uh, that thing that Coach Rule's done an outstanding job of, of pushing the competition and pushing the competitive nature of our team and the toughness portion. And and guys don't want to guys don't want to fall behind. They don't want they don't want to miss a rep. And so that's been really cool to see. Um, along with that, you know, some young players still in their second, third year are doing the same things. Um, not to be outdone by the by the young guys and not to be out outcast. So um, it's been really. And, you know, as a, as a special teams coordinator, that the competition at the bottom of the roster, when you have that, it's going to make us all better. And I think we've all we've all benefited as a whole, the young guys and the guys, um, even in their second, third, fourth years, have really benefited from the competition down the at that back part of quote unquote back part of the roster. If I could, if I could just follow up quickly with that, when when it comes to the guys that have been there, is there is there a returning player that you worked with last season that? Uh, you're kind of leaning on to show these guys the ropes. And, uh, I mean, a, a guy like maybe Reggie Bonifant kind of comes to mind where he was uh, key in, in, in both sides of the return game. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys. You know, we still we're, we still have enough guys, um, quite, a, quite a few number of guys returning that played special teams for us last year. They've all been vital in the, in the, um, the learning of the young players and helping me out and communicating the message because when we talk about the learning of special teams, it's – and anything, you know, Coach to player is is one type of learning, but once the players can teach it and and help out, I mean, it, it takes it to a whole new level, and they really encompassed it. And um, a number of, of those second third year guys have really given given their input and bought in, and and we have a really smart and talented young class also. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, whoever is on our fifty three is going to compete, and we'll put them out there, and we'll be ready. To, they'll be ready to go because they've earned it. So. You know, to say one guy's leading the way or anything else, I wouldn't want to speculate on that. But, you know, a guy like J.J. Jantz has been, has been instrumental in everything because of this, the young specialist, number one. And then the, with the punt team, he knows everything in and out and is able to help those guys out and communicate on the field. And is like, like a third coach for me and Ed to, to be out there and, and uh, instruct. Hey, Chase, it's Elena Getzenberg. Good to see you. Um, I was wondering for you, how does it – how do you kind of use, you know, someone who can kick and punt, like in this season? How much do you kind of let that – I know you're not making the decision by yourself, but how do you kind of let that impact, you know, what they're doing versus, you know, keeping that in the back of your mind? Yeah, I think that's something we've got to talk about this weekend, you know. I think uh, as a whole we got to figure out where it all fits. And obviously there's a, there's a value to that. So, like I said, even to be able to, even right now to be able to get the returners all the catches and work multiple people in the back end – that, that's hugely beneficial for our team um, instead of just catching off the jugs. And then, you know, the un uniqueness of 2020 and the season and everything else, then, um, you know, there's some value to it. So we'll evaluate that and continue to have this discussion. Hey, it's uh, Jason Huber with WFNZ. As one of the very few returning coaches on this team this year, what, what's been your impression of working with Matt Rule so far and just kind of the differences with everyone new coming in? Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been eye-opening. Like, the, the amount of competition that we have, the way we practice. Um, you know, I think 
the energy and the staff, we're young staff and the energy it infects the people, which I think could be a huge advantage for us this year. You know, even the early games that we don't have fans, having that energy on the sideline in practice um, definitely helps us out and brings that to a, to a head um, and gives us a little bit of, of, of excitement from the sidelines. But for, for coaches, just on, to me, the practice, the way it's been set up with the situations and getting us in and out of things and, you know, the, even the way we, he structured practice to compete right away, you go into it and you just go. And, and that's, that's really awesome. And, and, you know, the guys have really bought in as a whole, and I think it's going to take us a long way. Hey, we'll take one more question for Coach Blackburn. Okay, so Miles Simmons again. Um, how has not having preseason games affected the way that you can evaluate guys? Because you're not really seeing them go up against anybody else in terms of just getting that special teams competition um, in those preseason games. You know, I think we've done a pretty good job of getting the competition within the practices or scrimmages or whatever you want to call them. But, um, you know, we've had some couple of live reps and we've had some stuff where, you know, we work different situations. So we're able to evaluate their talent level and their and their um, and their football IQ at the same time based upon situations in the, in the stuff that coach or, and Ed and myself have put the guys in and, and figured out ways to get them in space and see how they move and you know, as a whole, we, we, a lot of your evaluation comes from practice anyway. And I think because of having no preseason games, it's picked up the intensity of our practices, which gives us a lot more days to evaluate than just those four preseason games. Hi, Coach Snow. Uh, Vash Tyhart with Carolina Blitz. Anytime we've asked one of your players about you, they kind of always light up. They always have a smile. Can you talk a little bit about your coaching style and the relationship that you've developed with your players so far? Um, you know, first of all, you know, I think they, uh, you know, I'm a football coach, right? That's what I know. So, um, you know, most of what my dealings with them are about football, but I also on the um, you know, I like to find out who they are and sit down and visit with them and, and, and know a little bit about their life. So, um, you know, so they know, you know, I'm involved, you know, I like football and they like football. And then we sit down and visit about other things. So, uh, you know, I try to, I don't think you can get anybody to play the way you want unless, you know, they, they trust you and respect you. And, and so the more you know about players, I think the harder they'll play for you. And, uh, so that, you know, that's just kind of what our staff does, you know, what uh, Matt requires from us, and uh, that's what we do. Coach, no, this is Miles Simmons from Panthers.com. Uh, so obviously, you know, you guys have a lot of rookies, and it, it seems like, you know, those top four guys, um, Derek Brown, Gross Matos, Chen, and uh, Troy Pryder could play substantial roles uh, on your defensive scheme as first years. Could you take us through what you've seen from each of them through training camp and what you've liked? Well, you know, like, uh, let's take Derek. You know, he was our first rounder. You know, um, you know, he's exactly what we thought he is. You know, he's a big physical man inside. So, obviously, he, you know, he's really effective against a run game. And, you know, a lot of the people we play, they're getting rid of the football really quickly. Uh, and they're throwing the ball from five and a half to six yards from the line of scrimmage. So, 
what you need inside is guys, you don't need to sack the quarterback. You need to put pressure and affect the way they throw. And, uh, you know, Derek has that real, you know, he can really push the pocket inside. So, um, you know, he's exactly what we thought he was going to be. Now, he, obviously, he'll get better every week, and he has been every um, every week. So uh, we're really happy with him. Um, Jeremy Ken, um, you know, big and fast. Um, one of the things I didn't realize is how smart he is. You know, he, I think he's really uh, uh, football smart. He's, uh, intellectually, he's, uh, you know, he's the IQ test is really high, and he, he actually learns that way football-wise, too. So we're asking a lot of him, and he's doing a great job. And obviously, you know, he has a lot more, uh, you know, uh, Derek inside. There's not as much to learn as um, Jeremy has to. And so Jeremy's getting better every day. But, you know, he'll really grow as the season goes and through the season because there's a lot of new things that he'll, um, you know, have to deal with. Uh, uh, we're trying to give him every look he can get. But um, he'll learn as he goes, and, and he'll be really good for us. But he's exactly what we thought he was going to be, uh, really versatile and what role you play him in and so forth. Um, uh, Etor is just a big man. He is – I don't know. How, you know, he came out after three years, so he's big. He's, he's, it's funny because he's almost awkward at times, which makes him really hard to block, um, especially in the passing game. And, and he can really bend the corner for a big – a really big person. So um, I think he's got a really bright future in football. And then uh, Troy Pride, you know, Troy can run. Um, you know, um, he's getting better every day. So, uh, you know, all four of them, you know, we're happy with. Hey, Phil, it's Joe Person with Athletic. Uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, yeah, one. I wonder if you could assess that corner spot opposite Dante. Uh, who who would you say would be first man up if y'all were playing this weekend? You know, um, I'm not going to comment about that. You know, I I think, you know, um, you know, you have Eli and Troy, and and we have some other guys competing for that job, and we're just going to have to see how it goes. Um, um, but. Um, you know, they're all getting a lot of good reps, and, and we'll see going into game one. Hi, Coach. It's Elena Getzenberg with the Charlotte Observer. I was wondering, you know, you've got a lot, a lot of young guys you guys have at the linebacker position. Is there anyone there outside of Tahir um, and Shaq that has stood out to you at that spot? Yeah, you know, um, you know, uh, Darius Taylor, we, we've uh, added to the, to, to the roster, and and Julian Stanford, I think they've done a real nice job since they've come in. Um, so, we're, you know, we're happy about them. I think uh, Jermaine Carter is getting better every day. So, um, you know, I think the group is really uh, developing um, every day. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how all those guys play uh, a week from Sunday. Sheena Quake from Fox Sports. We spoke with Trey Boston last week about the, um, I guess, the opinion that the secondary is kind of the weak link. And he commented that that's kind of been the history of the franchise coming into the season. How has that affected or has it affected the way that you approached everything from draft to practice and um, just areas of concern? You know, as we look at the, uh, you know, as we came in, 
um, you know, obviously everything was virtual this spring. So I didn't, you know, I, I didn't get to see anybody play. So um, as we have developed through camp, um, you know what, if, you know, if you're a smart coach, you have a system, but the system's got to be broad enough where you got to take advantage of the player skills. And I think our, our secondary has some player skills um, and we have to use what they can do. Um, and so, and, and we'll do that. And I think, you know, I'm at a point now and the rest of the coaches where I think we know our personnel. So uh, we'll, we'll, we have a system in place that will utilize what they do and, and do well. So, um, and we'll see how that goes on a uh, week from Sunday. Phil, this is Brett Jensen with WBT Radio. I'm curious in terms of speaking of the secondary, Jeremy Chin, excuse me, Chin and everything. What are you looking to be able to use out of him? Many different positions, one position. Like, what are you thinking about him? Well, I don't want to tell you what we're going to do, <laughs> but no, he he can play. Uh, he'll play, uh, you know, a couple different positions, but. Um, it, and it depends on what type of personnel, you know, offensively, what they're doing. And that'll dictate where he plays. So, um, but um, you guys, I think you'll enjoy watching Jeremy play. Hey, Coach. Hey, Phil, uh, uh, Jason Huber with uh, WFNZ. How is, has it been different, you know, since the last time you were, you were in the NFL with, with Lions? Has it been different, you know, just the way players are, just the speed of the game? And how's it been kind of adjusting and getting back to this level? You know, I, I don't think, um, you know, it's still football. And if you can make a player better, they're going to listen to you. And so, you know, at any level. And, um, you know, still a lot of the guys we're coaching right now, they're only 22, 23, 24 years old, right? So not much different than in college, but you know, obviously the speed of the game is uh, in 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 pro football. You know, everybody can run. So uh, that's always uh, each level that you go up, the speed of the game changes. Um, but in in the game has changed since I've been in the league in 2009. Uh, offensively, what people are doing, you know, with all the tight formations now, and 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 all the the jet and fly motions, and so the game has changed. Uh, you know, when I was in the league before, you know, the Peyton Mannings of the world, they'd give you four formations the whole game. Um, so now the game has completely changed. So, um, and the quarterback play, I think, has changed. There are different types of quarterbacks than when I was in the league before. Most of them were just drop back big guys. And so you got, you know, more active guys. And now in our conference, we have a lot more, you know, in our division, we have a lot more drop back guys, the old school type. But and, you know, the league is, you know, if you look at the league, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are moving around and doing different stuff. Hey, Phil. Jonathan Alexander with the Charlotte Observer. Charlotte Observer, hope you're doing well. Um, yep. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the way Dante Jackson has performed in camp so far? And what are your expectations of him in particular as he steps into that number one cornerback role and has to guard you know, the team's best wide receivers. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been really pleased with Dante. Uh, first of all, Dante has really good physical abilities. Um, he, he's really quick and fast. And he's tough. I mean, if you watch him, he's physical. Uh, he came up and uh, we had a pulling guard the other day and he struck him. He's physical. So um, he has a lot of the qualities to be, uh, uh, you know, an exceptional player at this level. And I think he's taking his craft 
much more serious right now. And and you and it tells uh, you know I can see it on tape. I mean, he's starting to really move his feet and his eyes are good. And uh, you know I'm expecting Dante to play real well. Hey, coach. It's uh, Vincent Richardson from the Right Report. Um, I was just wondering if you had a particular view on on cornerbacks following specific receivers as opposed to say playing a side or something like that. You know, that's you know we we always talk about things like that. You know, are we going to match up? Are we going to play a field and boundary, a left and right? So we're always adjusting that. So um, it's stuff we'll talk about every week, and and um, at times you want matchups, and other times you don't. So. I think that's something everybody in the league uh, talks about every week. Phil, this is Miles Simmons again. Uh, what have you seen from Brian Burns, and how much of a step are you expecting him to be able to take in year two? Well, I, I you know, I had, I had a long talk with Brian the other day. I expect a, a big things from him. I mean, he can really move. Uh, he's long, uh, and he's another guy that's really bright. Uh, he he really understands football, so. Um, you know, we're expecting him to, 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 to play well for us. You know, he's a first-round draft pick, and he should play like one. He has the physical abilities, and I'm looking forward to watching him all season. Hey, Coach, again, uh, Vince Rich from the right report. Um, just following on from your answer from a moment ago, and given that you are yet to sort of announce as, uh, as a number two cornerback, is there some chance that who that cornerback is each week does depend on what your matchup plans are or whether you plan to match up and that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, I think once it, 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 it uh, you know, once we decide on who the corner is, first of all, guys, you're going to play three corners most of the time anyway, you know, in this league, especially on passing down. So, you know, the, the, th- the three best guys will play quite a bit. So I think every team does that. So uh, you can say one guy's a starter, but the other guy's going to play a lot too. So, well, you know, when we decide on who that starter is, that could change based on performance from week to week. I, you know, uh, Matt is really big on, uh, you know, performance is the key. So if a guy's playing better, then, you know, we'll make a change. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Hey, Phil, it's Joe again. Wondering now you've, you've kind of coached against or with Joe Brady for the last month. What do you know mm-hmm. now that you didn't before? Well, you know, I really didn't know Joe. Joe came and visited actually when I was at Temple. He was actually coaching on defense and came and visited us. Um, I don't really remember that, but, you know, I didn't really know Joe. And what I, what, what I re- love about Joe is he's a young guy that loves football. I mean, that's all he does. Um, and really, for his age, he's really knowledgeable and uh, got a great way with the players. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, he's been fun to be around. He remind you of anybody around the league or folks you've coached with before? Well, I mean, you know, I'm not sure there's a guy his age that, that's smarter in football than him. And um, I think he's done a great job with his career, and the people that have mentored him have done a great job. So, uh, you know, I, I just think he's one of the, young, you know, really good young talents in football. Hey, we can do two more questions for uh, Coach Rule. I mean, Coach Snow. Hey, Coach, I was wondering, it's Elena Getzenberg again. I was wondering if there's anyone just throughout camp in the past month that maybe really has stood out to you or surprised you with how well they've done? You know, not really. The one guy, though, that that, that 
has come to work every day. It doesn't say just works as uh, uh, KK, short. I mean, he just comes here and works. Um, you know, for a guy to be in the league as long as he has and to uh, never complains about every, anything, it's really fun to be around a veteran, especially a new staff. You know, he's um, so he's had to adjust, and he's been all in, and he's been fun to be around. Um, but he's one of the guys that uh, I've really, uh, you know, it's been fun to be around. Coach Mike Salarte with Spectrum News 1. Trey Boston was uh, showering you with praises the other day, uh, especially your ability to relate with the players who are obviously younger and specifically the lingo that you're picking up. Is there uh, is there a phrase that you've picked up that is kind of your go-to? And uh, can you maybe uh, give us an example of, of how you've been communicating with these guys? Uh, <laughs> now, you, those words. You, you know what's funny about that is Dante – is giving me all the new lingo. So uh, when I talk to Dante, he'll give me the word of the day. So um, no, these guys are great. Um, it's funny because, you know, guys from all different parts of the country, like Eli came up with the name the other day, and they all looked at him like, we don't use that word. It, but it was funny because they're all from different parts of the country, and they all have their little, their little words. But, uh, you know, it's been fun. Thomas and, and, and how long he could possibly be out if he is out, if he's not close to returning? Um, I, I list him as day-to-day. Day-to-day? Okay. Um, you, know, you know, I guess given that, that injury, uh, I'm curious, um, you know, are you confident in, in what you have behind him other than Chris Manhurts, or, or may you look elsewhere um, possibly? No, I'm very confident with that group. I think they've done a nice job and, you know, the, the question about will we look elsewhere, I think we'll always, you know, we'll, but as a, as a, just a philosophical thing, we will always look at every opportunity as does every other team really. But, you know, I mean, Colin Thompson's had a great camp. Uh, Hemingway's had a, a good camp. You know, he was out for a while, but you know, with his back, Giovanni Ritchie's a promising young player and uh, Alex Arma somebody that uh, really brings us a lot of versatility. Hey, Coach, uh, Jason Huber with WFNZ. Going off of that, if – I mean, I know you said Ian Thomas, so you don't want to speculate, you know, it's day-to-day, but if depending on if he has to miss a certain amount of time, are you comfortable with that tight end group right now, or is it possible you look at some outside help to bring in? Yeah, that's that, that just what I just said, you know. Um, I'm, I'm very confident with that group. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm confident with that group. I mean, we'll always – as I said, we'll always look at – you know, we'll always look at anybody that's available. I mean, just – in general, I mean, we're going to look at every position, every guy that gets cut. As so, you know, so well, the other thirty-one teams. I think everyone will evaluate everyone. But um, very pleased with that group, and and um, I, I would expect Ian Thomas to be out there soon. I don't know, you know, I I don't know why there's I don't know I don't know if there's a sense that he's not going to be out there. I mean, he's he's not going to probably you know he's not going to probably practice tomorrow. But if we were playing on Saturday, Sunday, you know, I, I feel like he would be day to day to play in that game based upon what I've been told. But, um, you know, any, any injury obviously brings opens up the door for anything. And um, I think uh, Chris Manhurts has done a great job. And so, you know, he, he's been our, he's been our uh, rock at tight end for most of the camp. I mean, he's done a great job. And 
like I said, those other three guys, as I listed off, I think they're all doing a really nice job and have a lot of promise. Matt, this is Miles Simmons. Um, you, you mentioned that, you know, you're going to practice tomorrow before starting to do those cuts. I mean, for those several guys that are still fighting, what are some of the things that you would like to see um, from them just as they go through this last practice? I, you know, I, I just want them to go play as well as they – everyone to play as well as they possibly can play. I've told the guys from day one, like, don't worry about show what you can show. Just just be what you can be. I mean, just go play as well as you possibly can play, and that'll – we'll see it, you know, so – I don't, I don't really have the feeling like any one guy's going out there and, hey, I need to see this before I take him. I think, you know, it's just, um, you know, everyone, everyone's going to, you know, we evaluate every day and everyone's going to go out there tomorrow and have one last chance to show what they could do. And so, um, you know, go play your best football. Hey, Matt, I, we saw uh, Keith Kirkwood back out. I know he's in a red jersey, but back out there today. What's your kind of timeline for him and how nice is it to get him at least back at practice? Um, I think he's probably uh, three, uh, three. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was, uh, two to four weeks, three weeks out, maybe. You know, those bones, those clavicles, just, you know, sometimes they, they feel 100%, but the bone's not completely healed. So I can't give you a, a, a you know, a definitive, hey, it's, it'll be this. But I would say he's, you know, in that two to four week window from now. Hey, coach, this is Josh Graham. How close are you to potentially naming captains? And do you plan to still have a special teams captain like we've seen in past years with Carolina? That's a great question. I, I don't know that answer. Um, I'm not, I'm not close to naming the captains uh, yet. I think you know, we're going to get through the 53 and then that'll probably be something that we tackle next week with the guys. Matt, Scott Fowler, on that note, uh, you anticipate in the past year, I think they've actually had elections for the most part. Will you, have elections on captains or do you feel like you should just kind of pull the trigger on that yourself? No, I never, I don't, I'm not, I would never have myself do that. Like we have like a little leadership council. I had the players vote for that. I'll have, if we do captains or how would we do captains, I would always have the players vote or their impact input would be way stronger than mine. Hey, Matt, uh, Josh Klein from the Riot Report. Is there – what have you seen from this rookie class in terms of growth since camp started? You know, they've had to go through so much just over the past months to be ready for this season that's going to start next week. Um, just curious what you've seen in terms of growth from those guys. It's a really good group. Um, a lot of those guys are going to play here for a long time. Um, they love football. They play fast. They play hard. And, you know, I don't know how other teams did it, but, you know, I know I don't think the lack of preseason games hurt them. I mean, I think that they've gotten lots and lots of reps and they've shown what they can do. So I think um, I think that the, it's a it's a really, really strong class that will um, that will be uh, something, something that really um, we can stand on for for years to come. Hey, Scott, again, uh, how much are you on? I'm sure the coaches are into game planning for the Raiders. Have you started that with the players already? I mean, are you in, are you involved intensely in Raiders stuff at this point? Not, not with the players. Uh, we're still, you know, just wor worried about us. We'll we'll start the Raiders on Monday. Um, you know, obviously, I know some of our players. You know, got, or have already studied the heck out of them. But um, we will. Uh, you know, we're just worried about ourselves right now, and. Um, Coaching staff wise, we've, we've, you know, we started the Raiders way back when, and, you know, during the pandemic, I mean, we've studied them. We've, 
we've um, you know we've taken whole days and worked on them. So I think we're we're as prepared as you can ever be. Almost you know you always mess about being too prepared where you invent new things as opposed to just doing what you do well. So, but um, we'll, we'll come in on uh, Monday and that'll be sort of like a bonus day to uh, really really you know start to input. Hey, this is what we're going to do versus these guys. And Matt, I'm kind of wondering, uh, as you were sort of going through the, the end of, of your season last year with Baylor, and you, I'm, I'm guessing your agent started letting you know you were going to have NFL opportunities, at what point did you kind of decide you, you wanted to bring Joe Brady along with you if you made this jump? And kind of how did that process go, you know, and, and, and what connections, if any, did you have with Joe previously? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know that I'd feel comfortable talking about like, you know, anything that happened for, with me, you know, um, what I will say is, um, you know, I, I knew Joe, um, he came up and visited us, I think one time at William and Mary, but I didn't, I didn't know Joe very strongly. You know, I don't know that I've ever, you know, until I kind of called him and said, Hey, would you want to come work for me? I don't know. I've ever had a, a serious conversation with him other than when he came to visit us. And then, you know, we would be around the Penn State staff, but I don't know that, you know, there's no, like, relationship or anything there. Um, I know I, I didn't, I don't, I, you know, I didn't talk to him for the last, you know, I, I probably haven't talked to him for the past five years since, since the time he came to visit us until the day I called him and said, hey, would you have interest if I do, if I decide to leave Baylor for one of these jobs, would you want to come? And that was, that was in the job process. That wasn't, like, during the season, right? Coach, uh, Mike Silvarte again, Spectrum News One. I asked this of uh, David Tepper yesterday, and I I'll ask it of you. How are you holding up throughout all of this? Because obviously this is a training camp like you've never gone through, like these players have never gone through with the protocols and everything and the long hours and preparing for week one without having seen your opponent. I mean, there's so many variables. How are you holding up? I'm having the time of my life. Um, I am. Um... I've really enjoyed the way this training camp has been laid out. It's presented a challenge unlike any other, um, you know, to, to try to get to know a team and I mean, to, to, to really to try to introduce yourself to a team, get to know players, put a scheme in, follow rules that, you know, are really important to follow, but feel, feel like, you know, they're really new to you because, you know, protocol can come out on a Monday and you, you, you're implemented on a Tuesday. It's been one of the great challenges of, of certainly my life, my professional career. Um, but it's also, I mean, that's, 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 that's what gives us a chance to do something special is to, is to challenge ourselves. And um, um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm having a chance to coach football. I thought for a minute there, you know, it was like, hey, are we going to have a chance to do this? And I, I love to coach football, and I love to be around players, and I love to be around staff and people. And um, so I think for me this has been, you know, just an absolute time of – just been a blessing to be here. And, um, you know, I mean, if it was a typical training camp and we would have gone away and, you know, I wouldn't have seen my kids, you know, I'm having a chance to kind of – see my you know see my kids now and then and and um see julie and my, you know so i mean there's 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 all kinds of negatives and there's all kinds of positives too if you look at them so uh, i'm having fun um 
I like the people that I work with. Uh, I like the players. You know, we don't have um, we don't have anybody that you know when you see him, you say like I really don't want to see this guy. We have been nothing but great guys and hardworking men and men that I respect. So I'm doing well. Um, I'll say this, I'll be, you know, always be transparent with you guys. This, this, you know, this the issue I've dealt with my eye has been one of the most challenging things I've ever had to deal with. Um, trying to coach football and deal with, um, deal with an, an, a little bit of an eye issue. But you know what? Like, as I tell the players, you know, like I tell myself all the time, like, you know, nobody cares. Like my, 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 my wife cares, my daughters care, my mom cares. Even my son, when he sees me, he doesn't say, how's your eye, dad? He's like, you know, how, how's the offense look? I mean, it's like just a great reminder, like just no matter what the situation, you know, uh, we have a job at hand and we've got to focus on the job at hand. So like, don't, you know, don't get caught feeling sorry for yourself. Someone else has it way, way, way worse. Be unbelievably grateful for the things that you have. Be unbelievably grateful for the people that are letting you um, do what you do. And so um, I'll say it one more time. I love, I, I love coaching football. I really enjoy these players and I really enjoy the people that I get a chance to work with. And I say that from people that COVID test us in the morning, you know, they're there before I get there and they have a smile on their face to the people that make our meals for us to the people that clean the facility. Um, I'm beyond grateful for everyone that's been associated with this, uh, with this training camp. Hey, Matt, for those that of us that don't know, and I think Panthers.com did a little bit of an update, but could you kind of tell us what happened with your eye and the prognosis and anything you're comfortable talking about? Yeah, I'm sorry. You've asked me two good questions. Both of them I'm probably going to be like, <laughs> I don't feel like it. But I just I just had an issue with my cornea. I'll just leave it at that, right? So, I mean, I'll be fine. But it's just uh, it's just really, really painful and hard to see. It's just light sensitive at times. And so I'm wearing this. Like I was one of those coaches. I was raised under Coach Coffin, like no sunglasses. You can't even find a hat on my head in the last 20 years of coaching. And I'm out there. I look like, you know, I've got a hat. I've got sunglasses. I've got a facial thing on I look like you know I look like a stormtrooper you know so um Darth Vader or whatever but um but yeah just I just I don't mean that I shouldn't have brought my eye up but just just mean like I've had some in some physical pain and you know some but I can see it's just it's just you know light sensitive and just pretty painful so but my cornea hopefully will be healed up here soon and and uh um hopefully uh by game week I'll be a hundred percent um but you know, it is what it is. We all, if, if you know, we all have to deal with things. I'm sure all of, all of you guys are dealing with things. And so it's been good for me just to remind myself to practice what I preach. Matt, um, I'm wondering, um, do you have a sense of um, how many quarterbacks you may keep? And, and, and what would you say about the quarterback, backup quarterback battle, uh, I guess, in the last week or so? So, you know, just in general, I'm probably not going to talk a lot just right now about how many people are going to keep at each one because, you know, I just want to keep that, um, you know, I want to keep, you know, other teams will read this and I want to, you know, I want to keep things for us. But that that being said, I think both both guys are, are, are quarterbacks that we feel like are win with players. They can go in and we can win with them. They bring uh, unique things, different things to the table, but they're both, um, they're both outstanding quarterbacks. They're both really well liked. and um, I felt like if we had to play tomorrow, uh, both guys could go out there and win with us. So it's a great situation for us. You know, um, not very often you have a room as strong as we have. And um, uh, they're both doing this under, you know, just, you know, really a couple of weeks worth of practices. So uh, I would expect if they have a chance to sit in the system and 
marinate in the system, you know, their, their production and their performance will only continue to improve. Hey, Matt, Steve Reed from the AP. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, this is kind of a storyline that's come up over the last couple of years, but he, he's, he's played more downs than any running back in the league over the last three years. Um, is that any concern for you, or, or are you just the type that, listen, he's a great player, we got to put him out there, and we need him out here as much as we can. Um, what, what is sort of your take on, on balancing, you know, overuse as, 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 as opposed to how valuable he is to the Panthers? Yeah, you know, I think I think um, um, you know he's averaged about twenty five touches um, uh, a game. I think that's the number. I don't have it right in front of me, but I think that's the number. And I don't think that that his touch count can change. Um, you know, that's you know, I go back and look at Walter Payton. I mean, he averaged in nineteen eighty five. I think it was like twenty. I think it was twenty some t- carries and like seven touches or six, like six receptions, whatever. So twenty six, twenty seven. A game, I think that's the right number. I think those numbers are off the top of my head, but they were about the same. So, to me, I think um, um, you know we want Christian on the field as much as possible, but at the same time, we also understand that we we have a we have other good players, right? And so, Mike Davis has had one of the best camps of of anybody, and we want um, we want to utilize the players that we have available and play them. And then number two. Um, you know, we also understand that we don't want Christian to take on ex- excess wear and tear. You know, he's going to take on wear and tear, but not excess wear and tear. That being said, nobody, um, nobody in football takes care of their body better than Christian. And so, um, you know, for for him to have the amount of carries he's had the last, you know, few years, and to and to move the way he looks and looks the way he looks, I think he's ready to play. Uh, better this year than he has before and so um, and that's a that's a testament to his training and things that he does and so um, we're going to put put him in out there as many snaps as it takes for us to win and we'll never let anything else cloud um, cloud the overall vision which is you know we have a chance to go out there next week we like to go one and oh next week and win that football game and whatever it takes um, from all positions you know we're, we're going to ask those guys to do it and and I know Christian uh, Christian will be the first guy that says I want to be on the field